Good morning. I was thinking through all this last week that I haven't given a sermon since we're out in Abbotsford. I spoke the last two Sundays of February and nothing since. So you kind of got a rookie up here now. But it is good. Um, I've done up four or five lessons over the last while. And uh, when I was asked to, to speak, I was wondering okay, which lesson am I going to, to do? And then Clint and I were having coffee, oh, this was a week and a half, two weeks ago. And through the conversation, it came up of a story that happened when I was a store manager many years ago. So this would have been in the early 80s. Chad hadn't been born yet, so Corey was probably two. Vicky was probably four. In fact, no, Vicky was probably three, and Corey was probably just an infant. Anyhow, this is a while back. My boss, who was the district manager, used to come out every four or five weeks to help out with the store. And he would always take me out for lunch. And we would talk over store things over lunch and so forth. I didn't always know what day he was going to be coming out. But this one particular time, I knew he was going to be coming in this certain day. So I set a bunch of different things out of my desk that I wanted to go over with him. Well, I knew that he always liked a clean desk, but I didn't either. I wasn't worried about that. <clears throat> things were all in order. And I was on the, on the floor with, with the customer when he walked in. He walked into my office, and he saw the papers on my desk, and he got upset. And he took his arm and must have swiped them all off onto the floor. I wasn't in there when this happened. And uh, I walked in a few minutes later. Here's all my papers all over the floor. I blew the gasket. I told off my boss, like he's never been told off in his life, I'm sure. And I was really upset. I kicked him out of my office. I kicked him out of my store. And I told him, I'll see you after lunch. And I left. Now, I'm driving home. And I'm thinking, okay, I just gave up a very good job that paid quite well. And I thought, really, I did nothing wrong. He was the one that stepped out of line. And I was trying to justify my own actions as I was driving home. Had a quick lunch, I drove on back. He showed up about a half an hour later or so. And he says to me, you were right. Okay, that felt good. So trying to lighten the mood now, I say you owe me a lunch. <laughs> he never did apologize, but it made me realize how small of a man he really was in some ways. At least he was big enough to admit that he was right. Now, I tell you all that, in my anger, I said what needed to be said. Don't don't get mixed up with the idea that it's wrong to be angry. It's a very much a human emotion to have anger. I never did swear at him. I probably could have at that point in my life. I knew some words. <laughs> Wasn't that I didn't know them. I never did say anything that I really should have regretted. But yet, driving home, I was, wow, I just told off my boss. But yet, he never, 
It wasn't something that he held against me ever. But the relationship was never the same. He would still come out every four or five weeks. We'd go for lunch and all, everything. But there was no longer a friendship that was the same. And I don't know if I wondered for years afterwards, should I have just picked up my papers and said nothing? But I was angry, and my mouth started to flap. And it was almost as if there was this person beside me tuning in my boss. And I realized that it was me. So, it's okay to get angry, but season your words. Keep your speech proper. Sometimes, some of the wisest things you'll come up with is when you're upset. And also sometimes, some of the most stupid things you'll come up with is when you're upset. Think it through. Be patient about your speech. Think it through. <clears throat> There's a hymn that I wanted to start off with today. It's 719 in your hymn book. If you want to turn to it, you can. I'll read you the words. So. Angry words, oh let them never, from my tongue and bridle slip. May the heart's best impulse ever check them ere they soil the lip. Love is much too pure and holy. Friendship is too sacred far for our moment's reckless folly, thus to desolate and mar. Angry words are lightly spoken, bitterest thoughts are rashly stirred, brightest links of life are broken by a single angry word. Love one another, thus says the Savior. Let us obey the Father's blessed command. Love one another, thus says the Savior. Let us obey his blessed command. After I was finished my little rant that day with, with Don, on my way home, this song popped into my head. And I was thinking, boy, I just stepped that line, I got angry. The song doesn't say that in the scriptures. You can get angry. You will get angry. How are you going to handle it? How hard is it to control your tongue? Have you ever said something and then wished almost immediately that I hadn't said it? Of course, I'm the only one in the room that would have ever had that problem. We've all said things and then wondered, why did I say that? It just didn't need to be said. And even the tone Think of the word sure. Yeah, I, I agree. Sure. Sure. Did you just get the difference of the tone? You're basically telling somebody that's a stupid idea. Or, I agree with it. Same word. So it's not just a matter of watching your words. Watch your tone. The word no. Very simple word. No. But if you stretch it out long enough, I don't know if you watch the news at all. Our federal government, there was a bill trying to be passed by the leader of the, of the one party 
saying that the RCMP are systemically racist, I think was the words that he used. The leader of the Parti Québécois said, no, with a long word, no. And this guy took it as a racist comment. It was still the word no. I had no idea what his intent was. I'm not even going to try to guess. But it shows the difference you can have by having your words chosen wisely and the tone. So that's your challenge as we go forward here now, is to get your words correct and the tone of it. We're going to talk a little bit today about the value of seasoned speech in our daily lives, in our friendships, and in loving each other. The tongue is extremely powerful and not always so easy to bridle. But that's your challenge, is to keep your tongue well bridled. The reading that Mark gave for us there, I'll just read, read verses uh, 2 through 5 of James chapter 3. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them uh, obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take the, ships of a, uh, take the ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rider wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. James does a very good job here with very few words of explaining the tongue. I like reading somebody like James because he doesn't waste a bunch of words. I don't think I've ever given a sermon more than about 20 minutes and it won't be today either. You'll you should get the point very easily. In fact, if you already got the point, season your speech, then you've already missed a lot. I don't often use a lot of words to say what I want to say. And that's why I enjoy a book like James. The tongue can be, good, can be used for both good and evil. Proverbs 15, verses 1 and 2. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of, a, of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of, of the fool gushes folly. Just think of it, the very same tongue that we use to praise God with, we can say some very nasty things with. Why do we do that? Because we're humans. Some of the advantages of keeping your tongue under control helps you to avoid sin. Proverbs 10, 19-21 Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. The lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die for lack of sense. Our tongue can help keep us out of trouble if we control it. Proverbs 21, 23. Those who guard their mouths and their tongues 
keep themselves from calamity. Uncontrolled tongues can destroy friendships. Poorly chosen words, unthoughtful and rashly spoken words can put a strain on even the closest of friendships. Have you ever said something to a friend? At times we feel that we have a freedom or a license to speak a lot more freely with those that are real close to us. And that should be the case. We should be able to say what's on our mind. But it doesn't give us a right or a license to be rude or mean or anything. And sometimes spouses do that to each other. They say things they would never say to somebody else. Control your tongue. Watch your speech. Season your speech. <clears throat> Purely chosen words, unthoughtful or rashly spoken words, can put a strain on even the closest of friendships. Psalm 55, 12 through 14. If an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were rising against me, I could hide. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God, as we walked about among the worshippers. After I had my meltdown that day with my boss, I said earlier, things were never the same between us. I actually counted him as a friend. But it was never the same. And there was always that awkwardness. And about two months later, he came out just for an afternoon visit, which meant that I wasn't going to get a lunch, obviously. And about three o'clock, he says, well, I owe you a lunch, so let's go to Chicken Delight. So he had still remembered it. But there was no longer that. That same thing was not there anymore. There was a wedge that was there. I'm not sure who to blame for it, me or him. Both, I guess. Do you, do you give enough thought to the words you are going to speak? It may seem awkward at times to have silence in a conversation or have a pause in the conversation. But I challenge you to do that. I challenge you to stop and think of what you want to say. Get the brain going before the mouth. And it's hard to do. Somebody says something and you're, you're almost immediately trying to have a response. Don't do that. Let them wait a little while, if you have to. Take the time to think it through. It's very hard to unspeak words. Usually it's the backpedaling is involved, and oftentimes, sorry, needs to be part of it. Watch what you say, how you say it. <clears throat> It does sound good when someone speaks well of you. And Proverbs 16.24 says, Gracious words are honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and healing to the bones. We like to hear good things. So do that. Pass some good things on. Having a truly close friend 
is of great value. And I mentioned before, that doesn't give you the freedom to speak wrongly with them, mean, rude. And again, spouses is the one that sometimes we seem to feel we have some freedoms that we can just say what's on our foolish mind sometimes. Be careful. The Bible is full of many stories of good friendships. I want to just read you a little bit about David and Jonathan. David had just killed Goliath and Saul, who was Jonathan's father, is talking with David, or David talking with Saul. When that conversation ends, we are now told about the friendship between Jonathan and David. Just listen to how it's described. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as, his, as, his, as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off, his, uh, took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. Get the friendship here. Can you feel it? Can you understand it? It's nice to have a friend that is that close. Great, great value there. A true friend is there in all seasons. Not just when it's good times, but in all the times. The advice of a true friend can be precious. Proverbs 27 and 9. Seek to hang on to good friends. Proverbs 27 and 10. Now we're going to switch a little bit. Jesus tells us to love one another. That doesn't mean we're all going to be the best of friends. We can't be very close. But we are called to love one another. John 15, verse 12 and verse 17. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. This is my command, love each other. 1 Corinthians 13 describes, us, uh, describes to us what love should look like. The first uh, verses four, uh, 4 through 5. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Sounds very nice to have a friend like that. It, it continues on to, with a few of the negative things that love is not. That's 1 Corinthians 13, 5 through 8. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. 
It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Be willing to speak up through the hard times, but with wisdom. Sometimes things just have to be said. And it may not feel comfortable. Do it anyhow. If they need to be said, they need to be said. Be gentle. Use wisdom. Having your tongue silent at times may be the wisest thing you can say. That sounds kind of a weird way that I put it down there. I think you get the point. Not speaking can be the wisest thing sometimes. James tells us in the reading that we started with that our tongue is hard to tame. So your challenge today is to work on it. Tame your tongue. Don't feel that you always be, that you always need to be making noise. We've all said things and later wished we hadn't, or used a tone that we wished we hadn't. We need to realize the great value of friendship, and we need to love each other. Thank you.